Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And thank you for the message uh, choir and sharing with us. Give them a hand. Would you do that? Just thank them for ministering to us today in, in regards to the story and the message of Christmas today. Um, you know, this is so true when we think about it. You know, nothing compares, really nothing compares, you know, to the love of God. And, and I think sometimes, you know, sometimes the world misses it and maybe they miss it because there's not enough urgency in, in sharing the story and the message of Jesus Christ. Maybe, you know, they miss it because uh, you, we, we've not, maybe not reached across the street and shared, you know, the story of Christmas with with their neighbor, quite possibly. But oftentimes the world misses it. I was moved when I read the horrific story of of this one mother by the name of Alila. In fact, the story is told by a missionary by the name of M.V. Varges. And, and, and really, he encounters her after, you know, her experience. She was there on the shores of the, the Ganges River. And as she was standing there on the shores of the, the Ganges River, she was just kind of holding her six-month-old child, you know, there near her chest. And she was crying and she was heaving because of the, the pain in her life and the pain and the chaos in her family and, and the sin in her life. And, and because <clears throat> the family was starving and she didn't know what else to do. And so as she's there, you know, just standing on the, the, the shores of this, this river, she was thinking about the goddess of this this river, as she had learned from her people, and she she didn't know what else to do, and so in her pain and in her crying, he moves out. She moves out into the water, and she's walking into the water of the river, and she can feel the current gently pushing on her side. And finally, she is waist deep, and now she can feel the water, you know, lapping at the feet of of her little baby. And now, crying even more, thinking about the pain in her life. She does what she only learned to do, and just within a moment in a glimpse, she throws her little baby out into the river to its death. And then, of course, about 30 minutes later, the, the missionary shares how he came along and he, he found Alila there on the shores of the river, and she was crying and she was heaving in her chest because of her loss and her anguish, and he gently knelt down beside her and asked her what was wrong. And she shared about the chaos in her family and the pain in her life and the sin in her life. And, and he said, can I share something with you? And, and she listened through tears and he shared with her the truth of Jesus Christ and the fact that God became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and that God grew up and became a man and went to the cross. And as he shared these words through her tears, she pauses and she looks at him and she says, I've never heard these things before. Why couldn't you come 30 minutes before? You see, too many people in our world today are like Alila, not knowing the width and the breadth of God's love. And we need to communicate that love because there there is no reason that people have to live quietly in their desperation. There's no reason that people have to continue to live in pain without purpose and direction in life because Jesus Christ is the purpose. He is the answer. He is our hope for life. Amen. And that's exactly what our choir was singing about this morning. As they were singing about the Christmas story. In fact, we've been traveling through the Christmas story and, and it will culminate as we come here uh, and gather together on Christmas Eve and, and we will celebrate the birth of Christ. But at this part of the story, it was just after the Annunciation. We spoke about that last Sunday. And remember, the Annunciation is the announcement of the Incarnation by the angel Gabriel. And after the Annunciation, what happens then, we continue to read in Luke chapter 1, looking at verse 46 and, and 47, and, and we read Mary's song. In fact, Mary at this point 
And the annunciation has happened and she knows that she's with child. She'll give birth to a son by the name Jesus. And then she she sings this song and listen to the words as I share these phrases. In the first two phrases of her song, here's what she she sings. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Now, it's interesting that Mary refers to really the trinity of man, for lack of a better way of describing the situation in regards to the body and, and of course, the soul and the spirit. And, and maybe the notable fact is that Mary is, is just glorifying the Lord. We can see that in the phrases. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Or maybe the notable fact is that Mary is carrying in her the salvation of mankind, and she understands there is something important, something descriptive about this division between soul and spirit, for really, they are not identical. They are not the same things. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, remember, read, read there, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the separation or the division of the soul and the spirit. And later on, Paul teaches in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at verse 23, he, he writes, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit, listen to that, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless, <clears throat> excuse me, blameless into the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here is the thought that we have, that because man is spirit, he is capable of God consciousness. I mean, we can communicate with God and God can communicate with us. So we are of spirit, but also we are of soul. That means that we are self-conscious. I think, therefore, I am. And so we are, we are of soul, but then also we are of body means that we are world-conscious because of our sensibility and our senses. We can become aware that the world exists and is around us. And, and we understand this and recognize that there is a difference between the mortal body and the resurrected body. And maybe perhaps Mary is kind of pointing us in that direction and referring to that reality that we are creations that have been created with the spirit, which means, by the way, everlasting life in Jesus Christ. So maybe perhaps Mary is presenting to us man's absolute potential in Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul writes again in Ephesians chapter 5, he, he speaks about the hope of salvation. And he talks about another time teaching about obtaining salvation. So, you know, at this point, recently we've learned that Christmas is a story of love. In fact, we have that right over here. You know, this is kind of our proclamation this season on this board here that that. That Christmas is a story of love. And we know that it is a story of love because Jesus came to us. Because God came to us in the flesh. And, and that is the evidence that God loves us. We know that it's a story of love we learned last Sunday. Because the atonement, you know, the atonement of Christ. That Christ was born and he was crucified and resurrected from the dead on behalf of all of mankind. So we have that evidence. But here in, in this scenario this morning in the... The program that we've been listening to, we've been hearing about the God of wonders and we, we've learned about a God that, that, that brings awe to us and awe to life itself. And, and in the very last song that, that Kim just sang for us, that nothing compares to the love of God. Nothing compares to the love of God when we really imagine how much God loves us. And we know that the evidence of this love is that God becomes flesh. 
for our salvation and for the absolute potential in mankind and the spirit of man that there is everlasting life. Amen. It's not profound. It's not hard to understand. God is a God of love. Amen. I, uh, I'll never forget the illustration of, of Karl Barth, a great theologian who's very, uh, you know, he's looked at and he's read a lot. And, and, and he, he was a man of deep theology, <clears throat> excuse me, and profound thought. And somebody came to him towards the end of his ministry, the end of his, his work, and he said, how would you sum up all of your profound thoughts? How would you sum up all of your theology? I mean, how would you describe, you know, your life, so to speak? And he thought about it. And he looks at the man that asked him the question, the reporter that asked the question. And I can imagine an uncomfortable beat or two as there was silence. And he was thinking about all of his theology and all of his profound thoughts and, and what he wrote about in regards to God. And he responded this way as he smiled at the one who asked him the question. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. <laughs> it's not that profound. God is the God of love, and He loves you this morning. And I think that the music today has been, it's been shouting this at us. It's been shouting at us that, that Jesus loves us, and that Jesus came, He became flesh, that we might have everlasting life. And the fact is, as we just heard in that last song, that nothing compares to the love of God. And I don't know what's just stirring up in your heart or what you're going through right now in life, but I, I want to say it again. Nothing compares to the love of God. And God loves you this morning. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to minister to you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And I want to invite you to respond to that God of love this morning. Respond to that right now. Let's bow our heads just for a moment and close our eyes. We're going to pray. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for being a God of love. I, I thank you, Father, that you are a God that does not create and just leave us to ourselves. We're alone. But, Lord, you're a God that is intimate and personal and, and you're living and active in our life. And, Lord, right now you're saying to us, you're shouting to us that you love us and that you want to be in our life. And it's possible right now there is somebody that's bowing their head and they're closing their eyes and they're saying, Father, I want you to be a part of my life. Father, I've forgotten that you love me and that you care about me and that you want to walk with me. And so with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to invite you to pray that way. This is just personal between you and the Lord this morning. I want to invite you to pray. Say, God, I love you today. I'm realizing, I know, I'm hearing it, Lord, that you love me, that you are a God of love. And so, Father, today, right now, with my head bowed and my eyes closed, nobody looking around, God, I choose you. Jesus, I choose you. And I want to invite you to come into my life and to come into my heart and to be my Savior. Thank you, God, for first loving me. Thank you, God, for being so patient with me. And so, Jesus, I choose you. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around, I want to invite you. If you're praying that way right now, just take a moment. I want to pray for you personally, uh, privately. Just slip your hand up for just a moment. And I'm going to be praying for you privately and personally in my own life as you just uh, say to the Lord, God, I love you. If you're praying that way, just lift your hand up. I want to pray for you personally and privately. Anybody else? God bless you. Somebody else, just lift your hand up. Just between you and the Lord, right now, you're saying, Lord, I love you. God, I choose you. Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want you in my life. Thank you, Father. Lord, anybody else, Father, just lift your hand up, saying, God, I'm choosing you. Thank you for first loving me. 
Thank you, God, for hearing this prayer. We pray all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen.